You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And this week we go into number five in the Terminator franchise, and we need a guide. A man who's been in the military, who knows his weaponry. He's our scout. He's our leader on this mission. Say hello, Mr. Brad. Hey guys, you're stuck with me again. (laughs) That's right. And we always bring you on kind of like the military campaigns, which... This film's, I mean, it starts off in a war with the military leader, John Connor, so... Yeah, we do. We start off with a war. I'll go back, a little a little background on me again. If you listen to our Top Gun versus Iron Eagle episode we did, uh, was it last summer, I believe, or last fall? I'd go into the list of the, the movies that have really raised me. Top Gun, Terminator, Terminator 2. I would say my Mount Rushmore of all-time greatest action movies would be Predator, T2, Robocop, and Rambo. Now, I'm leaving Top Gun off that list because that's more of a action comedy in my book. But, yeah, Terminator 2, I think I'm in line with your thinking of both of you that is one of the greatest movies of all time. And one of the themes I see in this movie is that all these Terminator sequels try to live up to Terminator 2, and they just don't hit the mark because you can't. Terminator 2 has set the bar so high, it's just no one's reaching that mark. No, it's in the Hall of Fame. I don't even, you know, I don't know if they're trying to reach the mark or what, but it almost seems... Like with three, five, six in the series here, they're just doing the same thing. They're not even really trying to do anything different. They're like, let's do T2 again somehow. <laughs> yeah. It's always time travel. Except at least with Salvation, there was something different. It was we were just in the future fighting, but they did wait did they talk about time travel in four? I already forgot. <laughs> they talk about it, but they don't it's not the main crux of it like it is with three, five, six here. Matt, introduce, what did we watch this week? Watch Terminator Genesis. I look at each of you, and I see the marks of this long and terrible war. If we die tonight... Mankind dies with us. The machine sent a Terminator back to the time before the war to kill my mother, Sarah Connor. Sir, let me save her. What you're doing right now, this is the end of the war. Time you're going back to her, she'll be scared and weak. Take care of her for me, Kyle. Come with me if you want to live! Now, soldier! This is all wrong. John sent me here to save you. From the Terminator that was sent back to kill me, I know, but we already took care of him. We? I've been waiting for you. 
time John sent you to, it no longer exists. Everything's changed. We can stop Judgment Day from happening. Uh, 2015 uh, reboot, sort of, kind remake reboot, uh, <laughs> Terminator Genesis here. And how about you spell that for the folks out there? <laughs> it is G-E-N-I-S-Y-S. Why? I don't know either. <laughs> Wait, I thought it was G-I-N-I-S-Y-S. Isn't that what I just said? I don't know, did you? I, I don't know. Either way, every time I spell this, I think in text messages to you guys, I spell it differently just because I don't care. Oh, I do the same thing. I think it's like Jenny Sis, like system. They're implying like system of some kind. I don't know. I think that's what they're like the, you know, first system. I don't know. Who cares? Honestly, this film is I mean, just... the thing becomes a fucking creepy five-year-old kid just babbling. They should know something's up when some, yeah, when that happens. But did, Yeah, did anyone get Red Queen vibes from Resident yeah. Evil? It's exactly the same. It's exactly the same. And it yeah, wasn't the, even the first time the Terminator franchise has done this. Didn't they give Skynet a personification of like uh, Helena Bonham Carter in, in uh, the previous installment of Salvation? Yes. Pre- pretty much, yeah. yeah. At least it was an adult, though. And it made more sense because in that one, they're like, oh, this is a person that it's the last person that you saw before you died. And this one, it's just like he's uploading. So he's a kid. Right, and he's, and he's growing, growing up as as it's happy. Yeah, I don't know, um, <laughs> but uh, again, I'll always I'll I'll give it to Salvation, and uh, you know this one really makes me appreciate Salvation a lot more. But like at least with that, it was a character we had seen earlier in the movie. With this one, it's just like oh, it's just this little kid that's growing into Matt Smith or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know because I saw Matt Smith. I checked out the trailers before this, and I saw Matt Smith's name in one of them, and he's barely in this film were they trying to like pull in the doctor who fans with i i I would wager to bet that he was a part of the planned trilogy that was supposed to come the genesis trilogy yeah i bet you're right yeah so let's talk about the marketing in this movie we'll just start there have you guys seen the trade or the the posters and everything to this the posters, I feel like, are they're not great, but they're better. I feel like I, but I this trailer I saw almost the same with Dark Fate. I saw almost every time I went to the movies. So I've got these two trailers uh, for five and six just like burned in my head. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, I can't really remember the posters or the trailers back then. You know, it wasn't uh, that long ago, but the posters, it's not quite a floating heads. But it's, you know, like Arnold's big head a little torn up. Then we've got Clark, Emil Clark, next to him. So they're like the top two. But you always have John Connor burning. What pisses me off is both sides of the marketing ruined the twist. 
Oh yeah, there it is. is. The There's John Pony. Connor. He's already a, there. He is. That's him as in his Terminator form. There. Yeah. Like, what? What the hell? And in the trailer, I watched it. Like it's a two two and a half minute trailer. You know your normal times nowadays. In the middle of it, they show John Connor get shot by the Terminator, and then his. I don't know, micro micro blood turn. I don't even know what he is, honestly. I've heard him described as an advanced Terminator. Is it tiny robots inside of him? Is that what this is supposed to be? I just don't even care at this point. It kind of just lost me at that point, you know? And, well, and could, I'm jumping ahead here in the movie, so... What does it matter? It, like, the people listening to this, I, I wonder how many people actually watched this film. It was the second highest grossing terminator film in this entire franchise yeah i could tell you who watched it. it's dudes like me who remember the first terminator i mean this was pretty much specifically made for dudes like me like just bring in that nostalgia and it yeah. works i mean because it made a lot of money up. yep i actually think this one hurt dark fate after watching this i remember leaving the theater and being like eh, well that was something it's like an exhaustion from the series really like you know like i i, I walked out of this one just feeling like do we need to keep doing this? You know, that's exactly and how I felt. I wanted to go back to like the John Connor thing, like the the spoiling of that. It, they don't know. I feel like what they want to, you know, how they want to present. I guess the series beyond nostalgia. The even Terminator Salvation did the same thing with re- revealing that uh, the Marcus character, the Sam Worthington character, was uh, a Terminator. Uh, they do that again here with this with John Connor in the trailers because it, it just shows a total like maybe lack of confidence or lack of further down the line vision of what this series is. It's just yeah, I don't know. Yes, I, I think a lack of confidence was obvious in this where they didn't want to piss off fans by having John Connor go bad. But then your reaction to that is to show it in the trailer? Yeah. <laughs> How does that help? I, I don't understand. I What pisses me off is this movie makes the second most amount of money. But clearly, Salvation, in my opinion, was better. I think in almost everyone's opinion. I guess we need to say this. Which one of these is the black sheep of the family? I like what Salvation tried to do. I think weren't they playing? Oh no, I, I'm sorry. A... I meant to say Terminator Three or Genesis. Oh, sorry. Which one? I mean, maybe we should break down the film before we go into that. Yeah, I was actually I was feeling some some fatigue in Terminator Three already too. It's like, oh, here we go yet again. Arnold fights a superior Terminator Terminator model, gets defeated, comes back, you know, saves the day, sacrifices himself. I mean, this is the second time they've done that, you know, and this by this movie, it's about the third time they do that. <laughs> all the times that Arnold dies. Yeah, he died in one, two, three, five, and six, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and no, he same. didn't die. Spoiler alert, he doesn't die in this one. That's true. Comes back as liquid oh, metal alloy. So we got to get into the plot of this. So yeah. let's, let's just start, because we've got no trailers or anything to go through, because, you know, this wasn't on VHS. So let's get into this. What okay. this starts off with is it starts us off in 2029. Where John Connor yeah. and his entire army is about to go to war with the final assault against Skynet. Yeah, it's got a cool. You know, the intro here was awesome. I was really into this movie in the theater, even at home too, because it's got this silent, kind of ominous intro and some really cool CGI to get things going here. You know, you, you hear all these stories about that fight. You know, the war against the machines, and this has been just percolating in my mind for thirty years at this point. And finally, we get to see it. Yeah, it's when it's, they crush Skynet. 
Yeah, it's full lights and it's, you know, all these lasers, you know, from the Terminators. Like, didn't they rise out of the ocean or something like that to first come, maybe? Yeah. And they're filming it, like, yeah, they're making it look kind of the same way as, like, the flashbacks in, like, T2. So they're playing on that nostalgia. They're trying to kind of give you this neon-soaked vision of Judgment Day or the post-Judgment Day, the Machine War or whatever. Uh, It's sort of negating the sepia-drenched salvation now we're into like back to the blueish neonish those laser light gun that T2 presented uh which i feel like is sort of the gimmick of the whole movie it's trying to kind of get that vibe and look and feel of like T2 uh but yeah i don't know outside of maybe the opening scene all the rest kind of feels fake and forced to me this is how you are supposed to entertain the fanboys because it's not shoving it in your face we all know like oh there's a war in the future but you know then we get down to john connor and kyle reese talking and the first thing i noticed about kyle reese was he isn't battle torn and beat up like michael bean was in the first one he seems very clean cut very showered and he also looks nothing like uh, his son well i mean these two actors standing next to each other i know Matt wants to say something about Jai Courtney. So, Matt, this is your four. Give us your I mean, opinion on it, Mr. Courtney. It's not like I want to say something like constructive or anything. I just literally can't stand this guy. And not because I think he's like the worst. I just think he's got nothing there in terms of any kind of like leading man charisma, any kind of discernible thing that's his own. There's nothing there. It's just, and it's not like a blank slate thing where like, you know, we talk about this in a lot of episodes where it's a blank slate so we can put our put ourselves in the movie or whatever. It's not even that. He just has nothing, nothing to grab onto uh, as a lead actor. So as an audience, every time he's on screen, I'm just frustrated because there's nothing there giving me any enjoyment. <laughs> See, I have the same opinion also with Jason Clark. Is these are the type of actors where I go and and Jason Clark's now been in the Apes franchise, the uh, Planet of the Apes franchise, the new ones, and he's been now in one of the Terminator. And I feel like every time I leave a Jason Clark movie, his entire character leaves my mind. Like he's just there, and then after you're done with the movie, I forget he's in the movie. I was just, one thing. One thing about Jason Clark, I will say, his performance in Zero Dark Thirty, I thought was really good. Where he plays that kind of CIA operative, he's torturing that dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he kind of disappears in that role. But even I forgot he was in that movie, which is a really good movie. Where I know he's in it, but if you would have asked me what's the favorite part of Zero Dark Thirty, I forgot he was in it. it's just a very awkward. I don't think he's a bad actor. I think Jai Courtney is a boring actor. I don't think Jason Clark's a bad actor. I just think he's forgettable, which is really kind of insulting. <laughs> I think he's also just like taking the easy way out or, or just doing paycheck movies because, yeah, I was even going to mention it too. Like Zero Dark Thirty, he's so good in it. And then he hasn't really done anything like that since. He kind of played a similar character in the Apes movie, uh, which was better but yeah ever since that he's just sort of cashed in i feel like and yeah everything he has done since hasn't been memorable but i know he has it in him because he is good in zero dark 30 it's just i don't know why what happened but maybe it is just the hollywood machine he's just 
doing paycheck movies now. Yeah, he's getting paid well, I, I assume. I don't know. Uh, I would assume anytime you're in these big franchise tentpole movies, you got to be getting a pretty good paycheck. Kyle Reese and John Connor, they are like doing a secondary attack on a facility that houses humans or something like that. But it actually is just a cover-up because it actually has the time machine in the bottom. Kyle Reese goes down there. Everyone volunteers to travel back in time to save Sarah Connor. But he goes with Kyle Reese, who Jai Courtney seriously put on some muscle. Yeah, that was, that was a question I had when I, a note I took during this movie. It's like, if everyone was starving, you know, and didn't have enough money to, you know, didn't have enough food to eat, like, how is he all, like, jacked and ripped like that? It's because this movie's all spectacle. They don't, the story is like third or fourth down the list. Because, you know, Which, Michael Bean was kind of scrawny. You know, he looked all, like you were saying, like all battle-hardened. I mean, he looked like a legitimate, like, you know, yeah. guerrilla fighter living yeah. off the land. It's because James Cameron cares uh, cares about story first, pushing the limits second. You know, James Cameron gives a shit about his character's stories. And he also very much cares about realism in his stories even though he does outrageous stories sometimes and and i've heard him talk about this in avatar where the original casting of people they wanted for the uh, marine colonel i want a guy who looks like he's been in the marine corps for 25 years i don't want some polished hollywood actor and of course you know james cameron could do whatever he wants at that because he's you know pretty much a movie god but it's just interesting to hear him talk he actually thinks about his character's appearance with their storyline. I think a lot of these high-gloss tentpole movies are just grabbing who they think will bring in audience, bring in the audience people. So you got Jai Courtney where they're like, well, he's kind of in right now. And they're like, okay, let's you know get him a personal trainer, jack him up. No one probably thought, um, does that make any sense? Because they're in a war and they probably don't have much food. No, no one cares. Yeah, okay. Would probably be physically kind of shot by then, and it, it, yeah, but you understand like these Hollywood studios. It's a lot like venture capital too, where they have the analytics right there that tell them like, hey, you throw the dude who's all jacked and ripped on there, you're going to get more eyeballs than you would with like scrawny Kyle Reese or scrawny Michael Bean. It's true. There are probably way too much analytics involved. Also, too, like you've got Alan Taylor directing this, and if you don't, if you don't, if you're not familiar with like Game of Thrones or Thor two, which like he, this guy is not, it's no James Cameron. That's basically what I'm saying. <laughs> Thor two is just one of the worst of the Marvel franchises because it's so forgettable. I don't know what Alan Taylor does to keep getting work, other than I, I guess, I mean, this movie made money. And yeah, and he he has he's done so many episodes of Game of Thrones that it like uh, he that's his walking resume probably. But and, and sure he works well on TV, but it has not translated to film either time that he's tried this. So yeah, I guess that's what I was trying to get to. Shorter version is I think he works better in the medium of television because there's more time to tell the stories. So there's you know you can tell these little bitty stories or like fill in these gaps. Where in a movie, you got two, two and a half hours. Let's let's go. And I feel like he wastes a lot of time. And maybe that's from the fact that this was supposed to be a trilogy. And maybe they saw this as, you know, serialized. And that's why this movie really doesn't present anything new for the most part. No. So we've got to start. Once they go back in time, we get introduced to Emil Clark and Arnold, who are now a tag team, father, yeah. daughter. 
So I took some notes on this, too. Did you remember, even before he goes back in time, did you catch that little glance that female lieutenant gave him when she said, you need to take your clothes off? She kind of looks him up and down really quick. No, I didn't catch it. Got a little it. chuckle out of that one. That was, no. that was pretty funny. But then, yeah, there's no no dong in this one. Um, <laughs> was that Brett? Is that, so the guy who played the Arnold uh, body double is, I looked that up, was Brett Azar. I think he's played Arnold a couple times, hasn't he now? I don't know. Yeah, the one guy who does a lot of the, I guess, young body of Arnold, I think is the same guy because he has so much of the same body shape, that very unique, muscle-bound, perfect <laughs> form tank of a man this whole dynamic of father daughter so we find out the terminator traveled back to 1973 1973 correct yes where sarah connor was a nine-year-old and i guess someone sent back another t-800 so i guess all t-800s just look like arnold like off the assembly line they never thought about changing them no yeah uh is it just like is it like have they not advanced i don't know i don't know <laughs> now we get a recreation of the whole punk scene which is wow if you're gonna try to do bill paxton can we have a guy who at least somewhat sounds like bill paxton this guy yeah, is I, I looked that up too so i was wondering why they couldn't just use original footage and i guess the reason being they don't own the footage so they had to recreate it but yes. it would have been awesome yeah. to see bill paxton there and it's this guy did not even look anything like him yeah, the, the Terminator franchise has been sold off in their rights for the sequel rights so many times. It's just annoying because I believe the first one was distributed by Orion, which was owned by MGM. <sighs> What's the story? Orion didn't... F did they fold, Matt? Or did they? Did MGM just decide they weren't profitable anymore? They folded. Uh, they've only just recently started coming back out. But what's coming out now isn't necessarily true Orion. It's just a division of MGM now. But uh, Orion, originally the first time, yeah, they just went bankrupt and folded. Yeah, and that's when Carl Loco came in and bought all the rights. And then they went bankrupt. And then the company that did Terminator 3 went bankrupt because they were like a German shell company that was just ridiculous. And then I believe Genesis, the production company who did this one, ended up going bankrupt and sold again to the guy's brother. So this is crazy. Like, even though a lot of these Terminator films have made money, these production companies can't stay together. I don't know why. I don't know if it, to me, that's kind of like a production company curse. The Terminator curse. Yeah. Instead of killing people like Poltergeist, they kill entire production companies. They kill jobs. I don't know. I, I just find that that's like a nerd boy production company. Hardly, you know, only 1% of everyone cares about that. <laughs> so anyway, we get the introduction to the to the punks. The Terminator gets put down by a 50 cow, I think, yeah. right in the chest. Oh, but it was like, first off, I'm thinking to myself, you had 11 fucking years to prepare for this, and you were very fucking unprepared to take this on. <laughs> When it's like, you knew where he was going to be exactly at the time he was going to be there. And it's like, why were you unprepared? Well, see, I was thinking that too. But then I thought, well, that's a different Terminator with her. Uh, I'm wondering if they're just reading like the the time travel pulse. And then they're, that's why she's running to the section. Because I thought the same thing. I go, you've been preparing for this for a decade and you're late. Oh, that's a whole the whole first opening sequence where they take on the liquid metal Terminator and take on the original Arnold. That's like they're so nonchalant. Yeah, what they had to deal with. I mean, they're very nonchalant. You know, dealing with the T one thousand, you don't mess around with those guys, man. They're gonna mess you up. I agree. They seem throughout this entire first section very like just 
calm, not even calm, kind of like disillusioned calm. They're like, oh, yeah, we got the T-800. Now let's take care of the T-1000. We got this planned out. But they seem so, I don't know, uh, foolish? Is that the word? Or just kind of like disorganized in a way? Yeah, and this is like the section where it's it's all just sort of like this loose, weird reboot of like this neutered PG-13 reboot of one and two is this section of the movie. And yeah, like the characters are like kind of as apathetic as the audience is at this point. Like, I don't know what they I and I don't know if it's the filmmakers and I don't know if it just yeah, like the, not knowing dir- the directionless of the directionlessness of the movie. But yeah, it just doesn't even they're not phased. We as an audience aren't phased. We feel like we've seen it before. Yeah, I don't know why they kind of chose to do this weird loose reboot thing with the T-1000 coming back. But it's not the T-1000, but it is. And then, yeah, like kind of the remake of the the 1984 scene with the uh, Canadian replacement Bill Paxton. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So think about your thoughts on uh, Emil Clark playing Sarah Connor. And I'll, I'll discuss that Kyle Reese yeah, gets sent back. And when he lands a T-1000 attacks, he goes into the same retail shop, gets his Nikes. Emil Clark as Sarah Connor bust in with, you know, come with me if you want to live line. Come with me if you want to live. But before that, we see that Kyle Reese, you know, saves this cop's life. And that's important because the cop comes back. Well, I say important in quotes because I don't really know what the cop does in the future for him. Which, Maybe kind of helps him out in the police station later on. But I, Yeah, J.K. Simmons. I keep uh, saying J.K. Rowling for some reason. It's like I need to. Wow, well, yeah. Yeah, we don't need to say that on this podcast. But so he comes in and I really like that actor, but I, he has barely anything to do. So then we have Emil Clark and Kyle Reese, Jai Courtney intermingling with the Terminator. And clearly the Terminator's, you know, like telling Sarah Connor to put on her seatbelt and he's being, hey, how are you? You know, he's being much more personal. She tried through these like 10 years to get him as human as possible. But my whole feeling is, what do we have to say about Emil Clark as Sarah Connor? I liked, sorry if I'm interrupting anyone here, but I liked how she kind of could put on this little immature. She, she could be kind of immature sometimes in this movie. Cause I think, isn't she like 22 or something or in her early twenties at this time? Right. Yeah. I don't actually know how old Emil Clark was when this movie, you know, I don't know. Or Sarah Connor, different. I think was like 22 or something. She's this. supposed to yeah, be in her th- early twenties. I think so. Yeah. I think that's how old she's supposed to be playing in this. Oh, well she's supposed to be 19, right? Because the Terminator came in 1973 Terminator yeah, it's 10 years in the future, right? From 73. So she's supposed to be about 19, 20, somewhere around there. So she's young. Okay. So she'd be, yeah, she'd be immature then. So Emil Clark was about 28 when she played this. My whole thing with Emil Clark is she's just Emil Clark in every role. She's never different. She's likable. And I think that's what it is, uh, regardless of whether she's playing the character or just playing herself. And I and I did feel like I liked her in this movie. I didn't like necessarily the character because the script is so bad. But like, uh, I lo- I feel like she's charming and very watchable. Yeah, she's yeah. got a she's got a smile you remember. Another thing I'll say here's here's something about all the three 
main actors and actresses in this movie, Amelia Clark, uh, Jason Clark, and Jai Courtney. How come all these actors and actresses from other countries can mimic an American accent so well? You know, we got two Australians and a, a, an English woman. And I, I've actually heard this. A lot of English acting schools, Australian act, they're always trying to teach the English accent. And so much television is the English, you know, our, our television broadcasting to the to the world, especially in the UK and Australia, that they have a lot easier time. But a lot of American actors are becoming better and better at it because they're now teaching it. Uh, so okay. it's it's very interesting. Like there's also you know like a lot of people from India that I work with. <laughs> a lot of them learn their English from television. So we we broadcast around the world in certain countries quite a bit. Yeah, there were some dudes I I was buying some stuff from when I was in Turkey who learned their English from 18-year-old American servicemen. Oh, well, I'm sure that was interesting. <laughs> that was some very interesting conversations we had there, yeah. <laughs> That's why we bring you on, for the soldier outlook. Oh, and did you notice, too, when they show up and they save Kyle Reese, they just leave O'Brien there for them to be at the mercy <laughs> yeah. of that liquid metal Terminator? That's kind of a dick move. I mean, you could have picked him up and, you know, give him a ride somewhere. And drop him off down the street. Well, I think they're, the whole point is... Obviously, the scripts wants O'Brien to disappear and then come back in the future. But also, it's they don't want any witnesses to know about all this, even though he just saw the liquid Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't know. I mean, I, I kind of excuse that. I get it. But they get down and then the, the liquid Terminator immediately, you know, the T-1000 attacks. They get into a nice fight. The Liquid Terminator, which I, I thought was cool, the T-1000 brings the T-800 that they shot down with the 50 cal back to life. But I feel like they dispense of these Terminators so easy. In a way, it disrespects 1 and 2, and maybe even 3. Yeah, it's so easy yeah. to kill a Terminator. Turns out he just needs a 50 caliber rifle, and it's like... Yeah, at least we know that not everyone has a 50 cal. <laughs> I The acid what was funny to me, because... The T-1000 was the most menacing villain we've ever seen. One of the most menacing villains we've ever seen in movie. Um, the entire movie world that we've got here, this universe. Especially in the franchise universe of the Terminator. And now they're just like, oh, you just pour acid on it, dead. <laughs> yeah, dead. By T-1000, most menacing villain we've ever seen. I actually like the actor who played the T-1000. I think barely was used, but I just liked his mannerisms. But you don't really get to enjoy it because the T-1000 is dispatched in like 15 minutes. But this is like the first like 45-ish minutes of the movie that kind of this, this one and two reboot section here. And it's like, and then they dispense of them, yeah, with like the acid rain from the ceiling or whatever's going on in their little uh, time travel hut they have there. I, I kept thinking then, like, who's the villain then of this movie? Because then, then we don't even get John Connor until, you know maybe 15 minutes later or whatever. And then it's only, then he's only the villain for like the second half of the movie. No. Again, just directionless. <laughs> well, the, yeah, the villain, it's very hard to craft a movie where your villain, your main villain doesn't show up until over an hour in the film. Right. And it kind of confuses the audience because they have no idea who to like set their targets on. Exactly. There's no stakes. There's no threat until yeah, the last hour because the first villains that you introduced, you dispensed of in the first 45 minutes. Yeah, it's so it's impossible. very confusing. It's impossible to build the tension towards the bad guy. You would have to build... What they were trying to do was build their tension towards a, uh, a ticking clock in a way. Right. But since time travel is so readily available in this franchise now, 
I feel like the time, the ticking clock doesn't matter anymore. It's been diluted so much that we never have, there is no tension in this movie. No, none. And that's why I think why it's a bore. I think that's both me and you said like many times we were talking about doing this movie, uh, how boring this one is. And I really think the case, like the reason it is, there's the directionlessness of no villain, no stakes, the ticking clock. Yeah. Like you said, when time travels involved and then your villain is time and there's time, there is accessibility to time travel again, no stakes, no threat. Then I was trying throughout this movie and maybe I shouldn't do this. I was trying to find aspects of this movie that I liked. And I think at the end of the day, when we get to this, I don't know if there is, does anyone else feel that way? Like there's so little to like positively look at in this film. And I feel like that kind of ruins the film too, in a way where you get over an hour into this film and you could like stop the movie in the middle of the like test audience or any of the theaters and be like, okay, what's your favorite part so far? I wouldn't have an answer. <laughs> it just let a meh. Yeah. I, I think it would be a very quiet theater. If you stopped terminator 2 in the middle of the movie and said what's your favorite part people would be screaming different stuff all over the place and i i think like that's the kind of test audience thing where they got into this when they were distributing it where they're like fuck we gotta do something and they're probably like push the cg harder you know go max and i think that's where this movie just like gets so convoluted the story was already convoluted but the like overuse of the cg is so max they're going like 110 percent. they're like hitting the 11 you know like go past 10 redline this thing do you guys just notice so much fucking cg that it's like it doesn't even like it doesn't register in your mind anymore it becomes mundane it becomes mud muddled colors yeah what's the word i'm looking for it just gets it gets lost the like grandiose of like some of the cg throughout time is so lost in these movies that just basically make, you know, it's kind of like the Star Wars prequel effect. It's just like none of this is, even though it is amazing, these artists are creating amazing visuals. None of it matters because it just becomes boring. Seen it. And I think that's the case for like the, the, the whole movie. It's just like, I don't, you ask like what I liked, I've liked about the movie and it's like, yeah, there's really nothing at this point. So, you know, say so you pause it in the middle and there's nothing necessarily that I strongly dislike necessarily about the movie. I just have no feeling towards it whatsoever. Like there's nothing that making me feel passionate either way. And that's almost worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I felt a lot of indifference toward the ends of this movie. I'm just like, I just don't care. Yeah. I think this like creates such franchise fatigue of the Terminator where you just don't care. Like even when we get to the cop, uh, the facility, when they get caught and we're oh, God, so the whole thing is I, when they get caught by the police in the highway. Uh, well, I guess later on they I get a, arrested. I got a few comments on that too. Yeah, you like had the whole years bad to get boys. this right. The whole bad boys. Yeah. Like, come on. This is not bad boys or bad boys two. This is not Guardians of the Galaxy, which Matt brought up in our pre-discussion of this film. Pick a tone. You can stretch your tone a little bit, you know, like they do with Terminator 2 with a little bit of the subtle. But it has to be subtle. Please don't do this needle drop. They're like, ha, 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 isn't this funny? They hey, do this funny, like a couple like times. Of the Galaxy, yeah. 
They do this a couple times where like they have like a song, like start playing for 10 seconds or whatever, like a pop song or whatever. And it's like, again, it's like, what are you going for? Like, what what do you expect the audience to kind of get out of this like 10 second clip of a popular song in a Terminator movie? Like, what do you what what do they expect the audience to be like, this movie's so fun because like nothing up to that point had been fun. (laughs) Uh, yeah, well, fun is definitely something this movie does not have a characteristic. You can't describe it as fun. There's no. nothing fun. Uh, and then we get to the the police station, and part of me was like, oh, man, this is going to be a police station massacre. And I in the theater, I was like, OK, they're going to try to do this because that's going to make the fanboys go, oh, man, I remember that. And they don't. No, you get like a wasted J.K. Simmons shows up just driving around drunk all over san francisco or wherever just waiting for robots to show up for the last 33 years yeah i do like how he's a drinker yeah good point he drove there he, he drove <laughs> they to that generally place. disapprove of that yeah. uh that's a good pickup <laughs> uh so yeah they he introduces himself and he's like oh, i'm the cop remember me kyle reese and kyle reese is like yeah dude that was like 20 minutes ago for me <laughs> Yeah, that's we escaped the police station because the Terminator. Honestly, I don't remember when John Connor gets shot. Uh, it's when they were walking out, and remember, Terminator shows up and just shoots him, and then Sarah Connor is like, "Well, that's, someone just killed your kid." You're my son. You, our son. I'm glad you finally know. I have waited my whole life to tell you. For us to be together. Now we can win this. Uh, I know. No, it's okay. He's with me. What are you? What are you doing? John. Pops. John. Oh, please, 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 please. John. Why did you do that? Because he's a killer. You know, and she's just like, yeah, and she didn't react in a way that I would expect someone to react at that point. And she's holding back. Kyle Reese, who's like, I fucking knew it. This Terminator was programmed to infiltrate. And I'm I'm pretty sure that I'm like, really? They're going to wait 10 years to infiltrate just to wait for John to show up? Wouldn't it be easier just to kill Sarah Connor? Because then John would never be born. So Kyle Reese is pissed about this. Why would a Terminator infiltrate the mother to kill the son 10 years? You know what I mean? Like 20 years in the future or whatever they are. No, Kyle. He just killed Sarah at nine years old. That's what I, I found so irritating about that. He's like, I fucking knew it. I hate Terminators. I think one of the problems with Kyle Reese in this movie is that he doesn't, you know, they, they haven't clued in Kyle Reese into entirely what's happening here. And I think a lot of the problem with this movie being boring, too, is that, like, there's so much of the movie explaining to Kyle Reese what we as an audience already know. So it's a lot of more of, like, show or telling and not showing again. But it's this time, instead of, like, these crazy time travel paradox you know, long exposition dumps of like how time travel works. Now we're getting exposition dumps of what we already know about the movie series because they have to explain everything to Kyle Reese again. Well, I'm wondering if they're explaining this to China. Yeah, who is clearly their market here. Yeah, it's just like, okay, remember, they didn't see the first two Terminators, so we've got to let them know. And I feel like the whole time I'm like, yeah, I, I get China doesn't care. Let's go. 
that's what I feel like so much of these exposition drops constantly is just like they have to explain to an international audience, an Asian audience. Let's, you know, we all know where they're trying to sell this. And it really didn't work because China really doesn't like the Terminator or Star Wars franchise. I don't know why. I, I don't understand the audience. I mean, well, they, were t- they were they were trying to reach it with this one, and it t- that's typical Paramount fashion for this time. That seems to be their mar- their main market these days. What hopefully these production companies are starting to learn is like you can't actually make a movie for China. You have to just make your best movie, and maybe it plays well in China, because yeah. their studies have shown that they have no idea what attracts them. I mean, because I I think they're attracted more to the absurd action. And I don't think America does that well. Yeah, China hasn't had decades upon decades to be totally indoctrinated to our shitty entertainment sometimes either. They don't have the nostalgia to Terminator or Star Wars. So they don't, to them, That's they're true, just yeah. watching it on, you know, like face value. You know, Star Wars did all right over there, but nowhere near as good. And this one, I think Japan actually likes the Terminator franchise a lot more than China because they're obsessed with robots. Japan and the United States has a lot of like robot love, like intersecting each other. We're like, yeah, we're both like robots are cool. China's more like, eh, now you put someone in a giant robot suit. China's like, man, I like this. I like this. I like it when people are in suits fighting each other in giant suits. Uh, I think you all know what I'm alluding to now. Oh, yeah. No? Pacific Rim? Nothing? Pacific Rim, yeah. <laughs> Bueller? <laughs> anyway, let's get back into this uh, boring film. So uh, they, John Connor ends up getting into a helicopter, and then the Terminator turns himself into a bullet. I don't even remember how they get into this chase scene. I just know the Terminator turns into a bullet, crashes John Connor, and then we're at Skynet. And that's when my brain realized that why did they pick 24 hours before Genesis launched as a time travel point? Oh, there's so many things that are wrong with this. I mean, why not just <laughs> teleport him back to like rural Nebraska where you could have picked him up, you know, just a week earlier and then just driven out there. Then you could have like filled them back in. And then how is Sarah Connor from 1984 like a cybersecurity expert now? Like, I, I guess. That stuff I, didn't exist back then. So she didn't have time to learn all this. Anyway. Oh, yeah, because they do the whole phone thing. They're like, look at these humans. They're basically zombies to their phones. They're connected everywhere. She's like, Genesis uh, is like a Trojan horse, and that's like a term from cybersecurity. And it's like, where did you learn that in the last 33 years? Because that wasn't things we were talking about in 1984. That's a good point. Okay. At some point there, we get my favorite line of the movie, which is some people would probably think this is stupid, but I chuckled from it when when uh, J.K. Simmons comes in there and he's like, goddamn time-traveling robots. Oh, yeah, always <laughs> covering their tracks. <laughs> I actually, yeah, I chuckled at that, too. Goddamn time-traveling robots. Where they go crash at is actually the Oracle headquarters, which looks awesome. And I did some research on this, and Oracle is uh started by larry ellison and was it the producer of this or one of the producers was i think larry ellison's was it his son or daughter his daughter megan ellison is the producer on this well that's yeah that's that's interesting i didn't know that family's got some money yeah they do just a little bit we we get into this and this is when matt smith comes back as the blue king instead of the red queen john connor the terminator they end up fighting him then they get into the back of the facility because Sarah Connor 
and Kyle Reese are putting bombs everywhere to blow up the entire building, which makes sense. But at the same time, if Skynet, Genesis, whatever is being uploaded, why put them in just one facility? <laughs> or why put them in the main facility? I think yeah. you should have just made this like, like they go there and they're like, oh, by the way, it's not uploading here. We just, this whole place is just, you know, a corporate building. He's actually uploading in like Canada. <laughs> yeah, and in reality, all this code would be like on GitHub anyway in some remote repo, or it'd probably be like on Amazon Web Services or something. So you'd already be too late. You'd be screwed. Uh, yeah, and the one of the corniest things is when every time he uploads, he gets done faster and he becomes, and they age, they age the fucking AI for <laughs> yeah. the hologram. And that's so stupid. Why would you have to have a visual representation? If no one is going to view this but Sarah Connor, Kyle Reese, no one was supposed to view this at all. So what's the point? Someone had to code this. <laughs> and, it, you know, first off, that kid comes up. When they, remember when they were in front of the building, Danny Dyson and Miles Dyson were in front of the building there talking about this Genesis that's about to come online. And then this creepy little kid comes up on the screen. And it's like, I'm going to be online in a few days. It's going to be great. And it's, everybody should have known something. This thing is malevolent. You guys should have known that. I know who you are. John told me. You want to destroy me. You're Skynet. I'm becoming Skynet. You're not a child. I know what you are and what you're going to do. What I'm going to do? You came here to kill me. But you're too late. Yeah, who chooses a, a creepy child with like a monotone voice? It's their, like, representation. You know, also, can we talk about, like, everyone's just like, Genesis is great. It links all of our devices. We already have that. We had that shit in, like, 2012. We have the ability to link our devices already through email servers or whatever. We're already linked. Yeah, so apparently the Dysons, too. So they're doing this. Danny Dyson apparently never saw the Arnold Terminator rip the flesh off of his forearm and show him the metal hand, like from Terminator 2, because I think he would be freaking traumatized for life after seeing that as a child. I guess that didn't happen in this storyline? Oh, no, because they took out? I don't because, know. Yeah, they re they reboot 2, so 2 didn't happen. Just the T-1000 that got melted in the acid rain in their time travel hut is the only, is the only like, Judgment Day stuff that actually happened in this timeline. So yeah, Danny Dyson's like okay now. And I actually think the inclusion of Danny Dyson is one of the movie's smart choices. They just don't do anything with him, unfortunately. <laughs> I forgot he was in it. That's supposed to also be Miles Davis, the older man next to him. Yeah, Miles Dyson, yeah. Or Miles Dyson. I, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I forgot about that. I also forgot about Kyle Reese having like a dream of an alternate timeline. Uh, yeah, I, I forget about that too and... Yeah, and then constantly the Terminator was talking about Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor mating, which was a running gag. Oh. And then the Terminator being like, theoretically, this is what will happen as a running gag. And then it's like, I am old, but not obsolete. Okay, it was kind of funny the first time you said it. By the third time, I'm just like, fucking stop, please. Well, I don't think any of their jokes hit. I think that's the problem. So they become more annoying. There's only so much you can use the recurring joke. You usually hit the third time. And I think they try to do it where like Sarah Connor's like, don't talk about mating anymore. But I don't think they would have mated because Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor have like no chemistry. 
even though when he shows up from the first minute he shows up, he's trying to get with her. Like, that's your friend's mom, dude. And you're like trying to get with her immediately. Well, I mean, remember from the first one, he was in love with her before he even left because of the picture, which I think they show the picture for like two seconds in this one. Yeah, they do. And it, and it's Amelia Clark and not Linda Hamilton in the picture. They get into this. Yeah, we, I forgot, forgot about the, the dreams of why they travel because the kid is also in the police station. There's so much going on in this film that I just I just don't care. And then they leave. You notice they leave J.K. Simmons again to the mercy of the Terminator. This time when they hop in the helicopter. I know he gets shot and then he's just I, I assume J.K. Simmons was supposed to be more like Matt Smith, part of the trilogy in two and three. But we never got that. So they, they fight and they take out they take out John Connor in the time traveling machine. I don't know how that works. It's something to do with magnets because the, they had an MRI machine with magnets and it very much affects you know john connor's advanced terminator and then they kill him man i remember just like okay he's dead is this movie almost over like i checked i've checked the clock so much in this movie the magnetism thing is funny that like that's in three and that's like almost how they defeat the tx like it's one of the first things that leads to the tx's downfall in t3 the magnets are back again with the emt thing in uh in part six uh so like yeah this whole like magnetism defeating terminators thing it is a recurring thing in the sequels for some reason. Yeah. I Someone must have wrote that that's how you could take out the liquid Terminators, or at least the liquid I mean, skin around them. It's almost as bad as, like, the lightning from Palpatine's fingers in Star Wars. It's it's just <laughs> been there, done that, you know. Whoa, my computer just went to, uh, went to, like, saving mode, so I thought I just lost you guys. Nope. That was probably Palpatine. He's just like, insult Star Wars one more time. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we get to the end of this. He dies. The Terminator we see, you know, Pops gets flinged into the poly whatever. poly uh, what is it? poly upgraded body. That's what he ends up getting at the end. So, yeah, they show Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor blow the building. They think they're going to die. Pops shows back up with an upgrade. And the movie ends by them visiting young Kyle Reese and telling him a message to remember. Yeah, they just like three weirdos show up that he doesn't even know, and he just believes everything they tell him. Well, they introduce like Sarah sees him in the hallway when they're running. I don't know if you remember this from this overstuffed movie. Oh yeah, they do see him in this hallway, but it's still like yeah, most kids aren't gonna like just. Where were his parents too, by the way? So they just show up. Start telling him a bunch of stuff, you know. Just could be three freaking crackheads telling whatever. I think it would be like three psychos escaping the police station. That's yeah. what I'd look at. And, and they brought in the family because Kyle Reese, you know, they both had the same fingerprints. My whole thing is like, what do you tell the family to get them to the police station to look at Kyle Reese of the future? Oh, hey, yeah, we got a guy down here who says he's your son. Uh, can you bring the entire family to check this out? Like, how do you get an entire family to go to the police station for this? Yeah, like, what do you no, say? They, they cleverly didn't write that in. They're like, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. Whatever. Just make something up. We get a mid-credit scene where it shows the AI of Genesis, Skynet, whatever, Matt Smith, staring. He's still alive, like staring at a red globe. I, whatever the fuck this is. Of course we get one of those. 
He yes. pops up into frame. He Catwoman's from Batman Returns into frame and looks up at the <laughs> <laughs> literally the same shot from the end of Batman Returns. Just rewatch Batman Returns and it is exactly the same shot. <laughs> so we get a mid credits thing just like the Avengers and it's uh, OK. Yeah, well, it never happened. And I can tell you exactly why it didn't happen. It wasn't because this movie didn't make money. And it wasn't even because this movie was so rejected by critics and fans. The real reason this movie didn't have a sequel is because the the production company, the main production company went under. They were going to make a second one. That's the blessing, I think, you know, like, I think that's the that's the saving grace. I mean, we still got Dark Fate and there's we'll, we'll talk about that uh, in the next episode. But like, I think that was a savior that we uh, that we sunk that company. Oh, yeah. You know, and one thing I wrote down to while I was watching this, if you're the Dyson family, how pissed off would you be? I'd be just mad as hell. I mean, these guys just cost you billions of dollars. Oh, yeah, they destroyed you. Every cent has been sunk into the to the actual creation of Genesis, whatever the fuck that is. I mean, you're building a time machine down in your basement, you know, and it's like, oh, that's all gone now. And like, how many billions of dollars have you poured into that? And now it's all gone. And your big rollout of your product is done. Well, here's another question. Does Sarah Connor and Kyle Reese travel? Do they stay in the future? Do they go in the past? Does Kyle <laughs> Reese, like, what happens? <laughs> Neither I of them exist that. in that time. Yeah, neither of them exist in 2017. Uh, Kyle Reese is from 2029, and she's from 1984. But they're both dealing with 2017 very well. <laughs> she's like, uh, I guess we live here. Do I mean we've now got a Terminator? Uh, you know, they've got the T1000 version of the old T800. What the fuck do you do from now? What else is there to do? Like, do you just start a business? Because you've got a robot with you, which will never rest. So, I mean, if you're... <laughs> a time travel work, business yeah. or something? Like, like a, what like do you a, do? Like a travel resort type thing uh, for time travel with, with the T-800? I, I, I don't know. I, I think they just open up a gun shop. And then the Terminator feels bad for the rest of his time. He's just like, I know I killed Dick Miller. It's my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they do. I don't know what they would plan for the sequel. Because to me, who the fuck gives a shit? Yeah, who cares? <laughs> it's just the same crap again. Oh, Skynet's gonna rise. Yeah, whatever. We've seen this. Yeah, so yeah. After the movie was over, I wrote down some thoughts too, and it's like, here we go. It's like yet again, another Terminator sequel. You know, tries to set this great stage, doesn't make it. Started feeling franchise fatigue again. It's like. Here we go again. Yet again, Arnold is overwhelmed by a newer model Terminator. Yet again, Arnold sacrifices himself. Yet again, Steinet is stopped, only to come back in some other iteration. I guess the only thing that can really stop Steinet is basically poor box office returns. Yeah, and yet again, they kind of allude to humans are the bad guys by creating Skynet. Where they're like, kind of like, they don't fully do it in this one. It's just a little bit. Where like humans are bad because they use smartphones and they want to be connected all the time i that one to me i'm like really what is the point i think one point they did get right though is that uh, the fall of civilization really is taking place in uh the san francisco silicon valley area so that is like <laughs> that i shouldn't have phrased it that way but <laughs> <laughs> that's when it's gonna happen <laughs> it's san francisco's fault those damn liberals 
<laughs> the tech scene out there is toxic, so all right, it can well, be toxic. I mean, does anyone else have anything to say about the film before we go into the museum? Well, I can just tell you that after this movie got over on my Amazon Prime subscription, The Cosby Show came on, so... <laughs> well, at least you found something worse than Terminator <laughs> Genesis. <laughs> Yeah. You can still keep digging a hole. It can go. It can get worse. <laughs> uh, that's Terminator Genesis tagline. At least we're not the Cosby Show. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our museum. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out in the film jungle, just like Indiana Jones. We're grabbing something to bring it back. This is the Terminator wing of our museum. We're continuing it. And I'm going to let our guest, uh, sorry, I'm going to let our guest Brad put something in the wing. Good or bad, what do you got? Okay, I have one prepared this time. This time it's going to be goddamn time-traveling robots covering up their goddamn tracks. (laughs) Uh, J.K. Simmons sells that well. Matt, you want to go next? Sure. Yeah. I mean, mine is just going to be a negative that, you know, we could learn from. And I think it's something we've talked about on the podcast many times before, but I think it's worth stating again. And I think it's worth putting in the museum to learn from. And it's that, like, if you're going to do a reboot, don't do the same thing again. Like this, how I said the first 45 minutes of this is this neutered, weird 45 minute PG 13 version of the first two movies. Kind of, uh, do, like don't remake the originals. If you're made doing a reboot thing, just do your own thing. Learn from like uh, a movie, like the Halloween 2018. Like that's how you do a reboot. This is not, it stop remaking the perfect originals matt we didn't copy the first one we didn't copy the second one we didn't copy the third we copied them all (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, boy yeah (laughs) my negative is the jokes stop it t3 did this shit with don't you know you know talk to the hand stop with trying to make the terminator franchise goofy it doesn't work especially when you're trying to make it serious like they did with one and two just accept you're not james cameron just try to make your movie don't try to appeal to so many demographics like we got to make something for the people who like to smile we got to make something for the kids because it's got to be pg-13 but don't forget those rated r fanboys like stop it just make a fucking film (laughs) like don't make a film for everyone it doesn't have to be this like three-headed monster to attack all demographics it just has to be a good film Oh, you know, and I'm so tired of just the timeline, the time travel, the alternate timelines. You know, as soon as John Connor showed up, and especially when that creepy kid showed up, I mean, I'm just not into it. I was just disengaged from the rest of the movie for the most part. Yes, yeah, because the time travel is so overdone. It was overdone by the third one. <laughs> like, just stop it. But don't worry, they'll come out with another one, and they already did. And that's going to be next week. Yay! <laughs> The return of Linda Hamilton. Which I haven't seen, but she does appear like she's ready to speak to somebody's manager in that movie. 
Oh, Linda Hamilton's, uh, she's all piss and vinegar in that one. Let me tell you, uh, Linda Hamilton wants to be there about as much as I want to be watching it. So, <laughs> Oh, Brad, thank you for coming on, and you will definitely be invited back because I, I know oh, a certain, certain sports movie that we all want to talk about. Uh, so just wait for that. I'm sure that will come out sometime soon, Is probably the fall. Mount- mountain sports movie, by chance? Is it? Is it going down a slope? Mm-hmm. I think I have an idea. Was is it, it made in the guys, 90s? Is it two guys go out and basically have an adventure and one does something stupid that causes the other one to get killed by a freak accident? Is it extreme? <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> You'll have to wait, folks, but he'll be back for that. All right. Thanks for coming on again and returning. And uh, would, you, would you rent this movie if you... This is not going to be a VHS anytime soon, but if you were going through a store, would you rent this movie? I was actually pissed at Matt for making me rent this film, even though I was very much on board for the Terminator franchise. Somehow this was Matt's fault. It is. It's my fault. I'll take the heat on that. Uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm renting it because it's a Terminator movie. And then, yeah, the and then same... I see it and I'm like, shit. <laughs> I'm in the same vein there. I'm on the same line of thought there, too. Where I, out of respect for just the Terminator franchise, I would rent it, but on its own. So begrudgingly, I would say yes, but, yeah, but don't hate me for renting it. It's the worst <laughs> type of rent. You're renting it because of another movie. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's what is really funny about this. And this, this says a lot about the film. So I looked up on Vudu how much it was to rent Terminator Genesis. It was two ninety nine for standard. Do you know how much the standard rental is for Terminator 2? $5.99. So wow. it costs more to rent Terminator 2 than it does something that came out in 2015. Wow. That just says a lot. Because people will pay it for two, and they can't give Genesis away fast enough. Yeah, it's, please, you guys can buy it. That you could buy it for ten dollars. Which that's hilarious. Yeah, like, I, I'm pretty sure. I, I don't remember this, but I'm pretty sure T2 to buy it on Voodoo's. Pro- they could probably oh. charge like twelve ninety nine and still right. get away with it for a film that's that old. Right, because people will pay for it because people want it. Yeah. They can't give this thing away. <laughs> That will end it this week. We'll be back next week to wrap up the Terminator franchise with Terminator Dark Fate, the return of Linda Hamilton. Once again, Brad, thank you for coming on. And remember to be kind. And rewind.